Leftos Recap. I'm Britt. Tim here. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, Season 13, Episode uh, 14. You don't even know? That's not my job. My job is to write Shit. the name. It's 15. It's 15. I wrote it at the top. I knew this was going to start happening. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to write down the episode numbers anymore. My job is just to remember the title. Okay. What's it called? The episode is titled Memory Lane and a Dirty Little Secret. <laughs> this was a doozy. Yes, it was. Now, first and foremost, happy Hallows Eve to all. We hope you are having a lovely Halloween weekend. We have pulled together our last minute costumes in the last 24 hours, and I'm feeling great about them. It's a really good feeling when you don't spend any money, but you know you're going to look what? It's a really good feeling when we can figure out last minute costumes and not have any meltdowns. <laughs> this is true. Is we how have, I'm feeling about we, it. We, and by we, I mean I have been known to have a Halloween day of meltdown where I cry and we are zipping about town to every Halloween <laughs> frock place with like, 10 mile lines and I like need to, you know, and it never feels good to spend like 150 bucks on a costume situation for us. And then you just like, like what party is really like, if I'm not going to like Vanity Fair's Oscar party, why <laughs> do I need the makeup always it's gets sloppy much. at the end of the night. Yeah, exactly. You know, things start falling apart. And you don't even know if the party is going to be that great. Like, yeah, I like doing things this way, but without sans meltdowns. So we, this is a sign of personal growth. Yay for us. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into the epi, the epi pen sode. Um, let's start with Michaela. Okay, wait, before we start with Michaela and Zach, it also needs to be said. This was an effing explosive ass week. When we were trying to figure out what order we were even going to do this in, usually, you know, there's like an obvious prominent couple or two where there's been a bombshell or a large conflict. And that is who we spend the most time talking about usually at the top. But we have ourselves, we have a situation on our hands here where four out of five of the couples have some varying degree of explosive information drops, huge relationship shifts. Each one of drama, their issues drama, drama, rom. could have been like drama, the stand- could, <laughs> could have been the standout issue of the episode. Yeah. And there happened to be four of them in one episode. Yeah. So this is like beware because this might be one of our longest episodes of the season. Because we got to say what we got to say. Strap you in. Know? Say what you mean to say. <laughs> what you mean to say. Okay, so let's just start with who we felt like was the most obvious couple to start with, Michaela and Zach, because we are coming off of the horrificness de la couples retreat where Zach went home that night. Michaela was explosive as all get out. And included a bunch of people and knocked over a bench and all of the things. So that is what we're coming off of. And so we're going into this week where we're literally a week out from decision day. And so Dr. Pepper is meeting with all of the couples. 
And she's basically bringing up the unanswered questions that we all went over individually about three weeks ago. She's like, okay, now we're a week out from decision day. I'm going to bring up all the unanswered questions that we all talked about individually and find out where you guys stand with them. So we've got that component of the episode where everyone's having their Dr. Pep moments. And then we've also got simultaneously the childhood stuff, the letter to my childhood self, showing you where I grew up, emotions, emotions. I love this exercise, by the way. Like I really like this week and I in general, because I think that, you know, for all of the garbage that is reality TV-ness, um, I think that like these moments are when like these are actually real things that real couples should do, mm-hmm. you know, like I love these kinds of exercises she gives them because you end up hearing time and time again from each of these people that like, yes, they felt apprehension being told to do this exercise that feels really nerdy and earnest and weird and vulnerable. And then you do it and like surprise, freaking surprise, you learn something about yourself. You feel closer to the person. So anyways, that is also, I feel like why this is such a huge week because there was so many angle, like so many things were explored with each couple. I love just a note on the letter to yourself. Mm -hmm. I just think it's hilarious. Every single season this happens. The girls write a note where it is like all about the ways that they could improve as individuals, as don't take, like, don't put this pressure on yourself to be X, Y, or Z. You know, it's always like soulful, meaningful, in-depth. The guys are like, don't throw away that lottery ticket scratcher you had and when that girl asks you out say it's always just like the stupidest thing i have to say though i was in general more impressed by the men with this exercise this season than i was last season because i just kept thinking about jacob Oh, <laughs> yes. That's what, okay. That's Remember? what I was, that's, I and guess, what was in like, my mind when I made that point. Even like, we'll have things to say when we get to Ryan and Brett. And he was the one to me that was the closest to that. But then he stumbles into a, a more in depth emotional yeah. moment and goes deeper. So, okay. So it's a little awkward that this is, these are the activities for the week. Because Michaela and Zach are so deeply estranged at this point that it's like there's no way in hell they're even going to fake it like Johnny and Bao and get in a car together and show each other their old neighborhoods because they are not speaking at all. And so, I mean, I just I have to say this. I mean, of course, I was upset and I said all of my opinions about Michaela's behavior last week. This week, straight up. Like, <sighs> Michaela, I I just can't advocate for you in any way anymore. Like, it was, it, the things that she had to say this week and the way that she acted was so gross and scary to me. It was so manipulative. It was so, I mean, like, I don't even know what relationship she was talking about. And now I feel like... I finally got what I guess Zach was apparently getting much earlier. Yeah. Like, oh, 
Like it's it's actually like all the things that Johnny is saying about Bao that we are going to get into. I feel like that is really that's Michaela, you know, and Johnny, of course. But Michaela, you know, this manipulation, this presenting, presenting one way after something completely that flies in the face of it happens. And it gives you like cognitive dissonance. You're like, wait, am I, it gaslights you. Right. And I feel like she, her whole perspective all the way from when she's being interviewed at the top and talking into her selfie camera about, you know, as if he didn't abandon me saying she's absolutely shocked. He won't answer her. He won't speak with her. He won't meet with her um, without Dr. Pepper present. Um, She's speaking as if he has wronged her in every way, shape, and form. She speaks as if she is the one that has been wronged. She has been abandoned. And the audacity of him. Well, and even the calm and collected countenance yes. that she it's has disturbing. throughout this it's episode creepy. is very, it is, you're right. It's it is creepy, creepy because it's so dishonest. Yeah. And I'm like, you are not allowed. Okay. I get it. You made a mistake last week. It's almost acting like, yeah, I blew up. Let's get over it. Move on. Exactly. Um, and as you, you know, can see with you, the way that I'm speaking to you all, I also have this side of me this very kind, soft side of me that never means to do anything wrong. And I'm just here and he's just rejecting me. You know, and you're like, oh, none of that's true. So this week to me just really showed me like, oh, like we watched the mind games happen in action last week, right? Like with that whole conversation on the bed. Um, And this week was a continuation of that. So he initially told Dr. Pepper he would he would not meet with Michaela present. He wanted separate period. Combos. He wanted fully separate. And so the funny part about this is it's clearly all staged. So like Dr. Pepper was hoping that she could change his mind on the spot because as soon as he did, oh, oh, Michaela just happens to be right out the door. Yeah. <laughs> so he first insists that he will not meet with Michaela even in the room. And he does tell Dr. Pepper, I thought this was interesting, that he, in the last couple days of reflecting, he called one of his ex-girlfriends, or maybe a couple, to ask, like, who do you think I am in conflict? Like, what do you remember? And they did all tell him that, like, you are notoriously avoidant of conflict um, and that you have always struggled with explosiveness. And so I don't really know. Like, that was an interesting factoid. But in the end, I was like, okay, but you're still holding to... It didn't, like, change who you thought you should be. It, it's almost like he viewed it as a validation. Like, I've always been this way. These are things that I am not okay with. And so Dr. Pepper asks, could you... First, she starts with, like, what if we came up with a set of rules for you guys to talk through hard things? And because he's just like, he is just done. He is spent. He is exhausted. He is angry. He's like, I'm done. Like, I will not even enter into the toxicity that is trying to suss through anything with Michaela. Like, and I do not blame him. After last week, that was such utmost toxic behavior. I think he's with totally 
in his right to be like, I'm done and I'm not even going to try and explore um, anything further. And so she's like, well, what if we came up with rules as like a container for these hard conversations? And if, you know, the rules get broken, then those are the signals that you can step out of the conversation. He's like, absolutely not. Like, no, I don't even have it in me. Like, that sounds awful. And then she suggests, what if, what if we meet at least, he's like, we've, she said, we've never all three been together. And what if you guys didn't even have to speak directly to each other? And you're just talking to me. I'm translating. And then I translate. And going, <laughs> Which I was like, this is great idea. And also, this is going to be hilariously awkward. Um, so then. And also, if this is the way that we are having communications, there's no way that this is that there will be yeses on decision. Right. <laughs> I think that Dr. Pepper is to the point where she's like, can we at least just talk about where we're at and why? Can we get something on camera here? And that. So Michaela saunters in at Zach's approval. And we immediately like start with asking like, what's her perspective on everything? And she is speaking in that creepy I am a nice little girl voice, which I'm like, that's not even your truthful voice. Yeah. Like, it's not even, that's. Ah! It's like she's gone so the other way yes. after the freak out that now she has to, and you're like, this isn't even the real you. This isn't you. what we're asking for here. Yeah. And this, okay, before we even dig deeper, I feel like overall, this is indicative of a person who knows she has stuff to work on. And she's so early in the process of healing this part of her and working on this part of her that she's, she is, she does the classic thing when you're trying to integrate a new principle where you kind of completely overcompensate, right? Yeah. Because it's like, it's not all in your body yet. It's not all like you're trying to be this person that doesn't do this and acts like this, but you know, you're fighting your old impulses. And the bottom line is like we have said, you need a year or two of therapy to like make this all really like set and become real for you. And what you're not doing. So what's happening is you're doing these extremes where like you can't contain your impulses still when things get really hard. You have this explosive thing and then your instinct to fix it is to run to the other side of the spectrum. And again, like not act like an authentic you. You're acting like the idea of what you think a patient person acts like. And it just feels fake. You're you're not allowed to throw a fit, break wine glasses, turn tables upside down. Yeah. And then within a span of 24, 48 hours, whatever, come back and be, oh, namaste. Namaste. I'm a new person. Right. No, you can't do that. Right. It doesn't no, work like that, we don't have is, amnesia. Think, yeah. yeah. So it's honestly, I, it's so fucking disturbing when you hear her start talking. She feels Zach left me and I asked him, please don't leave. I asked him, please don't leave. You know that that is my deepest, darkest trigger. And yet he left in a big explosive way. <sighs> I was literally like gasping, gasping for air, just in shock. Then to have it cut. To switch the language also. Oh, 
to switch the language on the very thing that is what you're doing yeah. to skew it and turn it on him. Yeah. He left in an explosive way because you told him to. You fucking told him to. Ugh. Yeah. It cuts right to the scene of where it shows exactly what did happen. And it is the opposite of what she's saying. And I just find it so interesting because it's like she really doesn't think Dr. Pepper has access to what really happened. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, she knows. She knows. So part, I'm like, how are you not, how do you not have any foresight about the fact that not only is the entire audience nationally going to be able to hold you to account because you are on camera, your behavior is on camera, but you're still like convincing yourself that it's worth it to try and work Dr. Pepper right now when she has access to everything that's been happening also. She's getting updates regularly. I think she's an EP on the show. Like she's a producer. I'm sure she can see She's being sent footage and she's certainly going to see it if she hasn't already. Uh, Twitter was a buzz about this. Like everyone could see it. I felt really it. validated when I yeah. went and looked. Because I, I sometimes feel mixed. Like I want to see what everybody's saying, but I don't want to be influenced by anyone except our real thoughts yeah. when we go into doing this. But and but also we don't get to talk with each other when we're watching it taking notes. So we're like, we were throwing silent fits because we were so upset about this scene. And I knew we were thinking the same thing. But to go on Twitter and see, like, okay, I'm not reading into this or, like, over-pathologizing this situation. Like, everyone sees this. This is absolutely, like, I mean, this is just, I'm trying not to say, like, insane and crazy so much. But sometimes it's just the only word. Um, You know what I'm saying, though? Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, And (sighs) then she says. disturbing. Uh, I said, Zach, I love you and no response. I've thrown a Hail Mary and there's nothing else I can do. It's heartbreaking because I've tried and tried and tried. And All at this point, in the soft Zach tone. is like, I'm done. I'm done. He's <laughs> literally, I feel so bad for him. He's losing it on the other side of the couch because he's just like, what's the point? If, if you hear that this is her perspective a yeah. few days out, and she's willing to put on this performance for basically your got this. You want to know what the last like Hail Mary is? It's being here. It's it's having this conversation with Dr. Pepper. And you decided to show up as a different character who doesn't actually exist. So if this is what you decided was worth to bring to the session today and this is your perspective. Oh, then wh- why would I even try to hash through anything with you? Like you're on a different like your reality is so skewed and so gaslighty to what I just lived through. Yeah. That like, what's the point? Um, Cause it's, it is, it's crazy making people that act like this. So, and, and she's so proud that she texted him. She loved him. Like she thought that that was like, she's like, I mean, I texted him. I loved him. Like I still let down my walls after he abandoned me so explosively. I'm like, uh-uh. Don't you turn around these terms that we have been using for you rightfully. And, oh, I I mean, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. You see it in politics all the time. Like the co-opting of a word that actually means something. Yeah. And then they throw it in your face from the other perspective. And you're like, no, it's like that to me. 
Yeah. So she's just, she's going on about her heartbreak, blah, blah, blah. He's so angry. He cannot speak. He can't speak. And then she adds, Zach tried to paint me out to be this crazy, inconsistent person. He has no evidence of me acting in a bad way towards him. This is a direct quote. (laughs) He has no evidence of me acting in a bad way towards him. Um, Michaela, again, amnesia. Do we have a case of amnesia? Like, was there a head injury amidst all of the tossing and gnashing of teeth that happened <laughs> to the couple's retreat? Like, something hit your head because, again, like, and, and this is where, for me, it feels like it's, like, bordering. It's, like, do you know you're performing? And is this, like, a frantic Hail Mary for your rep? Or are you delusional? Like, this is where you go, are you delusional? Because you are a grown-ass adult that, again, knew you were being filmed. So the delusion to even say that single sentence is kind of shocking. Because it's like, there's direct evidence that goes against that. So he reached his limit after that. He says, I'm leaving. Like, this is all, I, I, I can't participate in this conversation without like crossing lines and I have to go. And I honestly really respected it. It's, it's one of the times and that it was kind of similar to how I felt a couple weeks ago with the one-on-ones between some of the girls with Pastor Cal, where I felt like he was being a little bit overly dismissive and a little too pushy of the like, well, just stick it out for the sake of sticking it out, you know? And I was excited when they would like push back with him a little bit. That's how I felt with him. I was like, yes, you go, Zach. You get up and you leave. This is a baseline. This is an abusive, emotionally abusive, toxic relationship. And you should not even give in to Dr. Pepper to stay with this right now. Um And she's still playing this nice girl routine. And I'm just like, I've never, like, who is this? And then after he leaves, she has the audace. This is a prime example of what I'm speaking about. You know, I'm just so afraid. So I felt so afraid. I felt so traumatized when he left. So afraid. Him getting on the road. Oh, him getting on the road felt like death to me. (laughs) And then Dr. Pepper goes, she's trying to validate and hear her out, but also, and I can tell that Pep is not buying it, but like also she's not going to completely invalidate someone's feelings. So she does a lot of sitting and like looking serious, but like you can tell she's a little perplexed under there. And she asks her, She's trying to get to the point of saying, look, yes, your feelings, but also you can't freak out the way you do when you get mad. And so she's like, is there anything about the way that you have acted in the last couple months that you regret? Trying to find out, is this a delusional person or is this a repentant person who is really trying to make a change? The only thing I regret is having a panic attack after he left me. 
Excuse me. A panic attack. So that's what we call that rage-filled explosion. I, as someone that has had panic attacks before, I am completely like cognizant of the fact that panic attacks look different on everyone. Everybody has a little bit different of symptoms. Fuck you for calling what that what happened that night a panic attack. I'm sorry. People, if you disagree with me, I welcome, like, DM me. Tell me why, and I will hear you out. But I'm sorry. I know we can't be black and white with these things, but this, I'm like, no, this is not a panic attack. This is a rage attack. Yeah. This is an anger attack. This, you need to go get anger management. No. And that, so to characterize that behavior as a panic attack is the most victim-centric thing I have ever heard. You are the one that caused harm. Well, and also too, I hated the use of that word and I agree totally with what you're saying. And I just think as society has gone, as society has evolved more recently with mental recognizing men, mental health, having yeah. mental health awareness, and open conversations about anxiety and depression for you to characterize what you did as a panic yeah, it's like, attack. Yeah, you. It just feels like a knife in the back of people who really like struggle with anxiety, <laughs> yeah, depression, you're just panic like, attacks. That is like, not what this is. No, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, like, there's so many things to break down in that sentence. Really? First off, that's the only regret you have. It's the only one, Michaela. The only one. And then to care, it's like when someone says at a job interview, what's your biggest weakness? And you're like, and someone just says, it's just that I care too much, you know? Well, and she alludes to that later mm -hmm. in another meeting and mm -hmm. says, I'm sorry, my, my passion may have been misconstructed, passion. but I gave it my all. It's like, <sighs> come on. No, it's so give me a break. gross. It's such like, it's false accountability. Yeah. It's like fake humility. You know, so then he calls a closure meeting, which surprised me. Well, and also, too, I just have to say, once again, the selfie cam yeah. is out. Yeah. And the way that she delivers this stuff Ugh. is so petty. Just so you guys know, Zachary called me for a closure meeting. And but you know, it's just like, oh my gosh. Like I hate when she introduces or intros things, but just so every like just so everyone knows, this is what Zachary did. Can you believe it? Yeah. It's got that energy to it and yeah. it annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. So he calls another meeting with Dr. Pepper present. He says it's for closure. And like clearly he's had a day or two to cool down and wants to be able to have this final conversation. Um, but again, we're in the weird, awkward position where <sighs> Dr. Well, Pepper is still mediating. This. Yes. And definitely Michaela, I think to jam the knife in a little bit because she feels ashamed with how the last meeting went. She really wants to be like, oh, well, I'm only looking into Dr. Pepper's eyes because there's a point where Zach is clearly letting more of his walls down. And is wants to look her in the eye and she will not. And I think that it's all part of this freaking performance. So she says, like, I fought for this and my passion might have been misconstrued, but I was giving it my all. Like you said, I just felt like she's like staring deeply into Dr. Pepper's eyes, just like <laughs> begging for sympathy. 
And she's like, for Zachary, there's no coming back, blah, blah, blah. I did put, I love her blazer though. <laughs> I really loved it. He says, this is where then I get confused as fuck. We need to talk about this. And I honestly almost forgot about it until I reached this point of my notes. Um, Dr. Pepper. Okay. So he says, to be honest, most of this has been a positive experience in that most of our interactions are fun and good and nice. But whenever we get into conflict and we go to that dark place, it's like it negates everything for me. And so, of course, Dr. Pep wants to jump on that because she's like, wait, if like, so you're saying everything about this relationship is amazing, except the way that she deals with anger, like, and then she kind of starts getting into some of that more like, well, which I, I know is partially just being a host of the show and trying to keep it moving along. But I kind of feel like he overly characterized that that way to be nice. Yeah. And Dr. Pepper did what I think anyone in her position would do, which is like, oh, that's an interesting statement that like basically this is your perfect relationship except this. And then she starts to follow this down a path. So she she then says like she sort of implies like, okay, so you've only been with this person for like seven weeks and you can already identify that like you basically love everything about them except this one thing. And you're surprised that she couldn't change this one thing overnight. Like what in life or in our whatever, like changes that fast, you know? Um, If it was easy, she would have already changed it blah, blah, blah. And then she even implies like, she thinks that he knows that he could have done some things better. That's her perspective. And she's not wrong. But I was asked if they she said, do you did you two give each other enough affirmations? Mm -hmm. And Zach said yes. Right. That was kind of what inspired it. I disagree. At least from what I saw. I mean, like, obviously, that's a weird thing for us to judge. I mean, I feel like she gushed over him. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think a lot of the time, maybe it was just the way his sense of humor and the way they joked with each other. But a lot of what they showed us is was like him doing like digs. Yeah, he wasn't very. I don't know. Obviously, so much still happens behind closed doors. But I did not agree with his character characterization that they had given each other enough affirmations also this is attack i mean dr pepper is going to do whatever she can to try to glean some positivity out of this i I just felt a little thrown by the last five minutes or so of their yeah time together and their like zach and michaela segment for the show because next week's finale and they they need to edit things together and provide some sense of wondering what this couple's going to say on decision day. And so that's why sure. I was like, after last episode and everything through the first half of this episode, and now, you know, she's like, hold hands. The most pathetic, pathetic hand-holding attempt well, I've ever seen. Because suddenly had power and she wanted to keep it. So she she kept playing the what? I'm not going to look at you in the eye. Oh, I'll hold your hand, but like, I'm going to give you a limp pinky. And this is where I got really confused though, because so she, she says that. And then 
I'm just starting to go, wait. So then we go back to the weird shit about decision day where he brings up, you know, I did tell her there's a reason I told her I would be willing to say yes on decision day just so I think he has this deep seated thought maybe when we're out of the experiment itself, we'd be functioning differently and you wouldn't be this way because we wouldn't have cameras on us. I would be willing to give us a chance on decision day. And you can tell Mr. Pep, Dr. Pepper is a little confused by what, and I'm like, what are you saying? Because it used, the theory last week was we agreed to say no on decision day and keep dating after, which perplexed me just as much. Then Michaela steps in to basically like signal that she has power. She wants everybody to know that she found closure and she doesn't have anything else to say. She will not look at him. Then it's like he can't deal with that game that she's now playing. So he starts softening up, starting to joke with her and goes, like I said, my door's always open. I'm willing to talk to you whenever, whether it's next week, next month, a year from now. And then I'm like writing in all caps, what are you saying, Zach? A year from now, what are you saying? No one wants to be... The bad like, guy he starts flirting with her at the end, though. Yeah. And then yeah. they're flirt. And then Michaela goes, do you looks at Dr. Pepper and goes, do you see why I get confused? And I have to say, there was this teeny moment right there where I went, ooh, I think that this sort of rigmarole game has been what they've been doing the whole time. Yeah. And I think that, again, it is important to remember that though she is the most toxic one of the bunch, of the two, he has been doing his own fuckboy shit, yeah, I believe. And sure. I think that he, I bet you that this is a weird pattern they got in where he would want to sleep with her at night and they had great chemistry physically. And so he would, you know, maybe ignore her all day and then she would pull, be ignoring him when he came in the house. And then he'd be like, well, we got to get like, I got to get her comfortable so we can have fun tonight. And then he'd start flirting with her and then she'd resist him because she doesn't want to give in. Then she eventually gives in. Then they have sex. Then she feels all warm and fuzzy. Then the next day he's gone because he doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Like I, I just, I feel like I got to see a glimpse of what I have a feeling we will one day find out. There was a lot more of that happening behind closed doors because even after this, I mean, just them walking to the elevator was hilarious. Like, I'm like, you guys are both so immature. It is like almost just difficult to watch. So now he's still buddying up to her in front of the elevator and she's intent on ignoring him. So he goes into the elevator, she waits, and then she beelines to the opposite corner, looks down, literally stands up against the corner like she's trying to be as far away from him as possible and she's staring at her phone. And in my head, I'm thinking, I know that, because remember he kept going, let's go talk after this. Come on, won't that be fun? Yeah. Let's go to a bar. Let's go out. And I'm like, Okay, this is the Charmer's act that gets her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So that was like such an unexpected, bizarre twist to me at the end that just sort of reminded me Zach is not absolved of all of his sins this season. Of course. Just because Michaela has been out of freaking control the last few weeks. Um, so I'm like, I don't know what to make of you guys. Like bottom line you are not gonna you're not together we know that 
Like you guys have made that clear. I just think like what a bizarre way to leave. Like Zach, what are you doing? If yeah. you really want to be set free, why are you pulling this bullshit? It makes no at the sense. end. Like you still need to feel liked and wanted by her. I think it's his attempt to save face, but it's yeah, not, it's bad look. It, yeah, it is a bad. Look. It's not cute. It makes you look like you're willing to be the good guy again in her eyes at any expense, even if it means confusing the shit out of her and sending her mixed messages that maybe you see her a little more than friends. Yeah. You know, <sighs> that bothered me. So, oh, Lord. Do you have anything else to say about them? I don't. Let's move on to Brett doozy. Ryan. Oh, my God. Well, actually, interestingly enough, episode note, Brett, I'm sorry, Ryan and Zach both are wearing the exact same oh, Nike, yeah. gol Nike golf polo. It's a cute one. I know. I've actually thought about purchasing this Nike golf polo in the past. <laughs> However, now I look at it and I just see annoyance and immaturity. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not buying it now. Um, but it's interesting. <laughs> both wearing it on the same episode. Yeah. So we start with them going to Ryan's land, basically his family ranch. Ryan's property. Um, And very odd for I mean, I think I was looking at how far along we were on the episode. Yeah. There was between 20 and 30 minutes left on the episode, literally before we see this couple. Mm, Crazy. I, yeah, like, yeah. I was just like, wow, that, you went the whole, almost the entire episode without showing them at all. Well, and then when you find out what happened, you get why. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't even meet with Dr. Pepper yet. No, they didn't. I mean, they they are, yeah, they got they got other things going on. Yeah. The property looks amazing. It does. It looks so much fun to be able to, oh, I mean, he's got ATVs, so carts of ponds, sorts. Ponds, fishing, um, animals. Ponds, streams, pastures So they're carting to through the woods in. to go fishing. Um, And I mean, I wrote this off the top and she mentions it like he definitely is softer in his environment in his element mm -hmm. you know like you can sense that you feel like he's a little more human a little less aloof um when he is surrounded by the tall grasses and the trees um, <laughs> but they end up getting in this conversation and you do end up learning a little bit more about him and you also realize wow we've gone most of the season really not hearing anything substantive about him other than that his friend died um, and that he grew up on a ranch, but we never really knew anything about that upbringing and hearing it now, it actually makes his detachment and his like kind of inability to see the importance of work in a relationship that's long-term. Um, you kind of see where that comes from. So he ends up opening up that he didn't really have a model of a great marriage and that his dad was pretty absent. Mm -hmm. He was always working. And I don't think him and his mom had a very good relationship. And so, I mean, as kids, of course, you're in heaven growing up on a property like that with no supervision because you're just like living your best, like, lion, witch in the wardrobe life. But your parents are still not engaged with you. And so you can just tell that he it's like he was left. He wasn't really given a language for emotions, for anything in the vulnerability spectrum. Um, and we also get her sharing that she basically had the opposite. She had a very idyllic childhood. Her parents are very in love. They have been together her whole life. Um, she really looks up to their marriage. 
And so she's always been very clear on what she knew that level of commitment like necessitated and, and what it would take. And she's always, and that's the heartbreaking part with Brett is she gets it and she's ready and she wants it and she's Gorgina and she just can't seem to fucking find someone. And they, they can't match her up. And with then they put worthy. her with effing Ryan. So um, that was interesting. I mean, she in her side interviews is like talking. I mean, it's also kind of sad to hear the language because she's like, any morsel of information he gives me <laughs> helps me feel more comfortable. I'm like, morsel? We're speaking in morsels. Like that is all the evidence you need that you are taking cat scraps yeah. for, for, you know, but she's just such a beautiful person. And she obviously is like, she talks about, she's, she talks about how he is more enjoyable when he is like this, you know? Um, then we get her letter because then they're like picnicking in the grass. So she's reading her letter to her childhood self and it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and something else I also put, I put, it's kind of sad because I feel like this is a double letter, both to her childhood self, but also to her current self. Mm. You know, I felt like it was also to her adult self. Like the elephant in the room between both of them, I think, is that half the things she's telling herself of like, keep the faith, like stay hopeful, like you are worthy of everything. And like, you deserve love. You deserve someone that wants it as much as you that work love, you know, and it's like Ryan's sitting there and he's clearly none of those things. Um, But yeah, I mean, she obviously wrote something really beautiful and thoughtful. And then he does his. And I mean, it felt like it was pretty like guarded and surface level until he started talking about 2019 and his friend dying. Yeah. And then, of course, like he gets really emotional, which obviously turns Brett on. <laughs> and um, so you feel like that day ends with her feeling like very hopeful, like that was a special day for her. And then. And then. We walk into the apartment. We arrive back in the apartment at Latitude, Houston. <laughs> I was like, what? You got the coordinates of where they were? <laughs> <Then I remember>. <laughs> <laughs> um, she has her Ziploc baggie of all of her childhood photos that she was going to start going through with him. Artifacts. And she's sorts. holding them to her chest and sitting down with that little facial of like, I've known something for the last 30 minutes that you haven't known while I've been standing with you and you've been acting like everything's normal. And I just knew. I was like, oh, my God, this is when it's happening. This is when it's happening. Um, so she says, well, I was going to show you some photos from childhood and he's acting like he's all into it. And she was like, but I just got a text from a friend um, about 15 minutes ago telling me that you are on a dating app and you matched with someone I know. He has full Eeyore dead face and he just goes, I just downloaded it this morning. (laughs) I downloaded it today, but it's not active right now. She goes, well, you matched with someone today. There's no, No, there's no, none. None. No world. No, no world explanation for it. it. No nothing. I mean, his excuse is pathetic. Puff. 
He didn't. I didn't talk to anyone. I wish I could just show you that I haven't sent any messages. It's not the point, you dumbass. You downloaded the app. And she says, she's like, we're literally a week out, dude. You literally, you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait seven days. And he was like, and then in his fucking text message, he says, I didn't, I wasn't going to use it until after decision day. And it's like, um, okay. So you're reiterating that you're already completely gone. You were performing today. And here I thought we like reconnected to like our honeymoon self a little bit today. And I got to know you better. And like, maybe we were turning a fucking page and unbeknownst to me, you downloaded, if we even believe that, right? Like me thinks he could have definitely even downloaded it before. And he's just, this is his boy gut liar response of like, I just did it. I just, it's only a second ago. Well, also his, his response in general here. I mean, like. He doesn't even freak out and apologize. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. He just gets up, you know, she calls him out and she's like, this does not line up with what you say about respect at all. Yeah. Not to mention, and it didn't even get brought up. I'm just thinking of it now. We just last week, Brett talked to his sister and said how she thinks there might be someone from his past. He's distracted. She doesn't even bring that stuff up. That gets more... There's more um, credence to all of that now. You know what I mean? Like, because well, he she brought it up in the car. I know, but oh, with this happening this on top, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. He's well, I should, I guess I should go. Well, I got to get out of here. I'll get out of here. I'll leave then. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, such a little break, bitch. Dude. Like, like, honestly. Child. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know how to fight for anything. He really doesn't. And like, if that is how you deal with being called on the carpet in the most adult way possible, like, I mean, I get it. He's basically embarrassed and is like, you caught me. Yeah. But, I mean, he doesn't even, like, there's not even a real apology. No. There was not no. a remorseful apology. And he's, like, talking to the producer. Oh, my God. He's like, like, it was disabled. It was supposed to be disabled. And you hear the producer go, fine, then send her a photo. And then five seconds later... He sends a text. Clearly, it wasn't disabled. He thought he marked it inactive. Because he just sent a text. He didn't even say send, like, a picture. No, he didn't send a picture because he realized, like, oh, it was active, clearly. And his whole thing, I mean, let me, I I took a picture. You're welcome to do whatever you deem best for you, honestly. I promise you that I didn't download it with the intention of it being shown as active until after decision day. And still have no idea why it was showing as active. I never meant to put you in that position. Excuse me. What did you mean? What did you mean to do? There's no point in this. I mean, this it's just the stupidest, lamest, weirdest excuse of all. I mean, it's like, dude, in a week, you can be live on your social media apps. You can do whatever you want. There's no rhyme or reason why you would do this. You know what I think it is? What? I think that he wanted to get stacked with a bunch of matches and requests in advance so that the second that this ended, of course, I think that he would have talked to people eventually the week leading up to it anyway. Yeah. But he's the kind of guy that wants it all lined up for him. 
So he could say no on decision day, walk out the door and rifle through his fucking matches and like go hook up with someone that night. And something else that's Hain is that that he's on unfiltered, Mm. right? He still is trying to defend himself with the argument that he didn't send any messages and he just really wanted her to know that he did not message anyone. And thank God, one of the few times that I felt like Jamie actually held some feet to the fire, the host, she's like, it doesn't matter that you didn't talk to anyone. You downloaded it. And then she says, you didn't even apologize, Ryan. And he goes, I don't like escalating situations. Excuse me. Apologies are not escalation. I don't know what if you I've did ever was seen an escalating situation. An apology be an escalation. No. <laughs> in this in this context. Oh my god. I, and, but that just shows yeah. you that is his philosophy to address anything bad, to address any issue or feeling that isn't joy is an escalation. Is an escalation is a scene, is a drama. And it's like, oh, dude, you will never, ever succeed in marriage if that is how low your threshold is for conflict. Yeah. Because you're gonna, you're fucked. Like, you're fucked. You will not, there is no one, no one that you could ever be matched with that over the course of the next 20, 30, 40 years, you will not bump into massive conflict and changes in your life that require hard discussions. And if you're not willing to have them, I mean, you just can't be in any substantive relationship with anyone then. Well, and I think Brett sums it up the best. Uh, After he leaves, she is talking to the producers and she says, the difference between Ryan and I is that I know how to be in a relationship and he doesn't. And that's essentially what, that is the thesis of their history of their relationship on Married at First Sight. Yeah. He I felt like know. it was he her way of being know. a little bit shady about what she found out about his upbringing that day. <laughs> but it was right. And I don't care. Yeah, but I, yeah, I get it. And, you know. No, I felt if, like I mean, no she, if anyone's would, justified to throw that in your face, it's her. Because it, you've completely mistreated her. And it is an explanation for why you're completely incompetent. Yeah. I just feel so bad for Brett. I think Brett is going to get a ton of offers and suitors when this is all over because she's just such a freaking catch. She's so she's she is easy. Yeah. You know, like I I even like resent his, of course, her mess in the casa will always be my biggest Brett red flag (laughs) because I am just not okay with that being normal. But again, she's also been going through so much. So it's like, anyway. And once tangent. again, I go back to, I've said it before, might say it again. He <laughs> has done nothing for her. Yep. This entire he relationship. He has not fought for this relationship any step of the way. He hasn't given in anything emotionally. He hasn't whined and dined her at all. No. He's a joke of a partner. Yeah, and and it was one thing he did say on Unfiltered was so they she brings up, you know, the letter and him crying. And he said that was definitely the most vulnerable he got all season. And then he said, I should have gotten that vulnerable a lot earlier. And I know that now. But it's like, okay, we'll see if you actually have changed anything in your actual life. I bet you you haven't. Okay. 
Let's move on to the next toxic couple. Johnny and Bao? Johnny and Bao. Good Lord. <laughs> These two are definitely over it. Oh, beyond. And it's beyond. I mean, it's hilarious. They're in the apartment. Bao's just watering plants. Like, <laughs> I'm just, whatever. Johnny's just pacing. Just pacing. Yeah. Like, they both don't know what to do with themselves at all. Well, and I was honestly shocked that they even went through the motions of this whole childhood visit thing. Like, oh, I was like, was why pain- are we doing this? It was painful this? to watch. It yeah. was like, why am I invested in this? Why do I? Like, I know. It was well, just- because she literally, she's in um, the interviews before, and she's saying we've had, you know, because the whole thing with them is they've, they just, they agreed level one conversation only. So she's saying, I mean, I've had level three conversations with strangers on airplanes that were more interesting than with my husband. (laughs) So she says that. And then all of a sudden we're looking at Johnny's childhood photos and him telling stories in his neighborhood. And she's like sidled up to him pretty close when they're looking at these photos. And I was kind of like, huh? Um, I have to say, I thought his letter to himself was really, really powerful and emotional. And I hated to feel anything for him. Yeah. Well, he acknowledged, you know, he acknowledged that he has dad, you know, his dad issues. Yeah. Um, but overall, Johnny, a little too late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. A day late and a dollar short, buddy. Um, but then we move on to Bao. And I did think it was funny when she's like, part of me felt like Johnny doesn't even deserve to hear any of this. But I feel like it's important. I almost feel like it was more of an exercise for her and just being open with the world about her origins. Because it does sound like she has hidden this from everyone. Mm-hmm. Which is so heartbreaking to me. And I could not get his vibe. I felt like he was irritated and uninterested for the whole first portion of them being on that land and her trying to like paint the picture of everything. And he was making, I couldn't, I don't know what the faces he was making. Like it was so hard to read. It was like, like almost like WTF are you saying right now? Like, but I don't know. And then I was like, is it a face tick? Is it? Yeah. It also seemed like it could have been awkward, like an awkward face tick, like uncomfortability. He didn't know what to do with her crying. Uh, we need to address the fact that Bao used to make straw huts and put her Barbies in there and light them on fire. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that next. And then they literally played like scary murder stabby music right after. And I thought that that was a little rude, but also totally warranted because what an interesting activity. In this I ongoing arson in childhood is kind of a red flag. In this ongoing <laughs> battle between who believes whose perspective. Right. That. It didn't help. Doesn't bode well. No, but also like one of the only. Again. Yeah, no. I mean, it's more funny than anything, but I'm like, ooh, maybe we keep that to ourselves. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah, but I mean, she when she really paints the picture of her childhood, you're like, damn. Like, I mean, they lived in a trailer on two acres and had no friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And no wonder you would do weird shit, like make straw huts for your Barbies and burn them on fire. Like your dad sounds like he was beating your mom. He Mm -hmm. had severe PTSD. It was toxic in the house. And so you would just be outside kind of being a loner in nature, like doing weird shit. 
turning into Sid from Toy Story. <laughs> I mean, it really is like devastating to hear. And it's also, it's all the more like mind blowing that her parents are still together mm-hmm. after having been through all of that. And that she, after like having those memories seared in her mind of who her dad was to her mom growing up, who really was like a traumatizing person. The fact that she's able to have such like a softness and a love for him now and like see their relationship as something beautiful now, because it sounds like they grew out of that and he eventually got help for his PTSD with the way that she verbalized that. I mean, just kind of an amazing story. Assuming that like what she's saying is true, that like they don't have any of that anymore. And it's like, holy shit. Like, that's pretty epic Yeah, to work through that and get to another side because that's not normally the result you get. Yeah. Um, But she gets very emotional and, like, is kind of, like, sobbing. And he eventually kind of embraces her and strokes her back and, like, then says he feels like he understands her better now. But you're still just, like, you're like, is that a shady statement, Johnny? Well, like anything, <laughs> anything that you, any moments of tenderness yeah. felt here are briskly wiped away yes. once we meet with Dr. Pepper. Oh, pfft. well, yeah, because of his opening statement. So then we sit with Dr. Pepper and she <sighs> pulls out some unanswered questions She says, so what are you trying to accomplish with each other now? Do you think you've learned everything you can learn? Johnny (laughs) says, I don't think I've learned everything I can learn, but I think I've learned everything I want to learn. And everyone's eyes go big. And we're like, what? And then. Why? Why has he learned everything he wants to learn? hmm. Why don't you enlighten us? He was talking to Bao's best friend, Sarah. Shady Sarah. Huh? Shady Sarah. Shady fucking Sarah. Fuck Sarah. Sarah, no. I think You're a bad friend. I think Sarah wants, maybe wants Johnny for himself. I yep. don't know, herself. No, it, does it remind you of season 10, DC? When cute girl with the bob who was with that selfish mofo that thought he was a model... He's super tan. I'm totally blind. Remember? And he started talking online to her best friend. Oh, yeah. Behind her back. And then they talked for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. And hid it from her and hung out. Um, I totally forgot about that. And then someone posted that this week, like photos of them. And I was like, oh, my God. But anyway, you're right. It does seem like, okay, there's got to be something more going on here. But this just gets so weird because he starts saying, Sarah has told, Sarah told me, that, like, everything I was experiencing in, in this relationship, like, Bao has put other guys through. She's watched it. She would never date Bao or let any other friends date Bao. She controls people, breaks them down to build them up in her image. Um, where is the evidence of this? Release the tapes if this is real. Also, fuck Sarah. I feel like he is describing himself. He's describing himself. Who is the one in this relationship that took it upon themselves to break the other person down and tear down every aspect of who they are, including how they giggle when they're excited since day one? 
Johnny. Yeah. So again, I say that this threw me and I do have the side of me that always wants to consider the possibility of, you know, always wants to consider both sides, knows that there's so many situations where things are not as what as they seem. And I'm always looking for a secret dynamic, you know, that maybe we don't know about. But I just Well, now <sighs> should we should we interlude here with some unfilteredness? Yeah. Because Johnny, for the thousandth time this season, decides to make an appearance on Unfiltered. Folks, are you kidding me? This mofo has been on Unfiltered 75% of the whole season's episodes. Yeah. Do you think that we are not seeing this? I am just like, why are the producers must just be really desperate to get castmates on there? And he's the only one saying yes every week. But like, stop. Bring in two experts and one person then. I do not want to watch the Johnny freaking second narrative put a whole new story together show. It's, it's very Jacob-esque from last season. Didn't you mm. feel like the guys went on unfiltered last year and it was... But was it Jacob or was it... Eric? Jacob was on there a lot, I thought. I thought Jacob was the one that you were calling Well, out. and the hard part that was towards the end, we started to be more oh, team yeah. Jacob because we started to feel like there was stuff that we really were not catching on to in the beginning. But... Anyway, <sighs> that's beside the point. He acknowledges, or he claims actually i should say yeah that sarah claims is his friend right actually i've stayed more in touch with sarah for the last 15 years than i did with bow we've stayed connected the whole time and i'm like okay well then why didn't you say that right when you were having the meeting with dr pepper right it was so weird and then and then we like flipped to a confessional I'm going back to the actual moment. Yeah, we can interlude. Yeah, we <laughs> I'm, stop I'm interluding. Stop, I'm going to stop saying the word interlude. Yeah, now. we can intertwine both events, okay? Or interlude. Um, <laughs> so then we get a confessional with Bao, like it, you know, switches. And she's like, I don't have that many solid female friends. And Sarah's the one I thought I could count on. That made me feel the most uncomfortable. Yes, sad for her for that on its face. But then it started to feed some of my fears around what if there is this like 2% chance that Johnny is right? Is this, could this be construed as evidence to support that, that she doesn't really have many friends and that the one person she thought was her closest friend is like this and is willing to say all this shit about her and throw her under the bus. It just... I'm like, oh, no, are these red flags about Bao? Is Bao more? I don't know. But then I'm just like, this um, focus on the controllingness in particular is very confusing to me. Like, there's not a shred of evidence that supports it. Because, again, Johnny was the one very controlling in the first month, right? We're not cooking together. You don't um, take showers as much as I want you to. You don't make the bed with me. You don't plan enough dates for me, right? Like, I'm like, I'm trying to find it, and I just can't. Well, and then it gets weirder. I'm going to go back to Unfiltered. Okay. It gets weirder because Mirla 
is also on Unfiltered. Fully Team Johnny. And is fully Team Johnny. So. And then they replay, they replay a video of um, Bao saying when he initi- when they're with Dr. Pepper and Bao says, like, she says something about, like, I'm really trying to, like, always be aware of oh, yeah. my own shortcomings. She kind of admits that, yes, maybe I was that, diff- way, in the that past. way in other relationships, but I'm, I'm aware of that and I'm trying to change that. And I've tried to be really different. And then you end up hearing that other piece of information, which is that she has purposefully not gone to this friend for support over the course of the last two months because this is a really negative friend who typically, if she hears that you hit a rough patch in your relationship, she just encourages you to get out of it. Which I thought that that went back to supporting Bao because this friend in general, of course, sounds shady. And if this is a friend that you would avoid going to for real, authentic, like supportive relationship advice, then it does take away a lot of her credibility about whatever she said to Johnny. But bottom line, they re-show a clip on Unfiltered of Bao saying like, I tr- yes, I may have been like this in the past, but I've really tried to be accountable for blah, 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 like whatever I've done over the course of this time. Then we cut back to the unfiltered stage. Mirla and Johnny are laughing together. Mirla is laughing after Bao had said she's been nothing but accountable. And then she's like, <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just not true. I mean, maybe if that was true. And she's just like fully, she's fully team Johnny. I am so baffled by this, and I, I don't get it. I don't Where did get, that I, no, come and from? I think I think there are so many people out there who are also in this same boat. Everyone's speculating, and I just don't know what. To I think. don't know what to think. Here's what I do know. This is what I do know. I, Johnny has been on unfiltered as many times as he can. Yeah. Um, we are pretty sure Johnny is dropping into Reddit threads. Right. About him Trying and Bao's relationship. He's doing it every week, too. Every week, there is like one pro Johnny person in all of these That's Bao like Johnny really threads. Passionately, passionate, fervently speaking his cases. What I just, I don't really think, what is, what could Mirla possibly know? I know. What could Mirla possibly know about the intimate details of their relationship? So, all I can, all we've been able to go off of all year is what we have seen. And my, the biggest refutable ev- like evidence that cannot be refuted in my mind is we have seen, this is a reality TV show, technically. All right. They want big moments. They want drama as much as they can. Right. We have seen zero evidence that Bao is this master manipulator behind the scenes. Nothing. There are cameras in these people apartment in these people's yeah. apartments. There are selfie cameras that they can use. Yeah. There are producers in every room for many hours during the day. Right. If what Johnny's saying about Bao is true, she is the master, the the biggest, most masterful manipulator one has ever encountered in history. Because it's just impossible to me 
that she would be able to be pulling all of the strings like this mm -hmm. and nothing be no caught evidence. on camera. I know. Nothing be caught on camera. And you know what? Also, like, like I think another the biggest thing is the selfie cam, because that is what gets used to tell people's side of the story. You see Zach and Michaela pull it out all the time when cameras aren't there. Mm -hmm. Johnny hasn't pulled it out in the middle of a conversation that I can remember that really makes his point. I know. Well, and there are those overhead kitchen cams that always catch those saying. middle of the like, night fights that happen. Nothing that, it just does not make sense. Ugh. But. Okay, so this is what's also frustrating is like he kind of just talks in this very roundabout way when he's telling Dr. Pepper. He basically is saying like her friend validated me and that's all I needed to know and I have no interest in continuing forward. And Dr. Pepper is like, okay, well, I think you owe her. I think you owe Bao an honest conversation about what the conversation's content was. Yeah. Like you're just like, it felt like such a power move on his end that he wanted to like dangle this thing. I have special information, but I'm going to barely tell you any of it. And like just the fuckery of him just breezing past the fact that this is supposedly one of her closest friends. Like how do you not see that as a betrayal? And he just describes it like she just really authentically wanted to save me, you know? Like it was just organic. She just wanted to help. I'm like... F you. Like, if you can't see why this is problematic on, like, a base level. <sighs> so, well, And I thought Dr. Pepper's greatest question here is, why do you believe Sarah is an ultimate authority? Why are you taking her as an authority? Exactly. Which maybe that is why he felt the need to reiterate on Unfiltered, like, the actual breakdown of what this friendship is. Yeah. Um, and he's pretty much like, I'm not doing any more talking. Because the things I would say would be very damaging. Damaging. Okay, like, Johnny, oh, you've done you. enough you've fucking damage this year. Yes. Say what say what's say what you think. Say what you've learned. Like, give me a break. Well, he literally says that after he says, you know, she asked me, can you wake up with this and go to sleep with this? I found that so offensive. Referring to Bao as this. Can you wake up with this and go to sleep with this for the rest of your life? And I said no. And I'm not talking anymore because the things that I would say would be very damaging. And I'm like, oh, you mean like the sentence you said before <laughs> this one? Like, <sighs> oh, it just makes me and so then mad. He goes into victim game. Yep. Don't do you see why I think it's always blame Johnny game? I don't have an appetite to finish this. And he leaves. Because she dares to be a little to feel betrayed. Because she dares to be upset that he spoke to her best friend behind her back and wasn't even honest with her when it happened? Fuck you. I'm saying, as I made this point two weeks ago, I think we have a legitimate contender for the number one villain spot in Mathis history. Really? I think I think he's right up there with Chris, if not he's a little worse. So, yeah, and he's I think that if this is what it looks like, which is that he knows how bad he looks, and so he's hellbent on creating a justifiable narrative in the aftermath of it all, then he really does win most manipulative and calculated of them all.
you know, because he does it all while still playing the quote normal guy role a lot better than Chris ever could. Because yeah. Chris couldn't really hide behind his Chris showmanship. Chris was flying by the seat well, of his pants. Yeah, like you he's know. much more of a flamboyant human. Yeah. Like he can't help himself. And I feel like Johnny can play more norm, normal everyman a little better. And yet still do all of these things, which I find much scarier in a way. Because it presents as one thing, but it isn't that. Um but yeah, I just thought it was interesting. He's in the confessional and he's like, someone asks, what do you, th-? or maybe Bao is like, I think they might be both. What do you think about our session? And he says, it was a good one. I really hate dragging Sarah into this though. <sighs> I just. I hate him. I can't. I'm sorry. I, I can't him. with that man. So, I mean, I still, at, when we process through this, I feel like the context clues that we have been given, even trying to look at them, like, critically, based on what we know, I just don't see how it could be what they're saying about Val is true. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I don't think, uh, I just, I refuse. Curious what all of y'all think. I mean, it also does need to be said that I think that the episode itself does leave one with severe confusion. But then to go watch Unfiltered and him and Mirla's buddy-buddiness and all of it, it, it makes it that much more confusing. Like, our heads were kind of spinning after that episode. I think the dynamic of this group is, I think that for whatever reason, um, most people like Johnny more than they like Val. And it is, I mean, here's the thing. Think about all the times that they've gotten together for big things, right? Johnny is more of the fun-loving questions guy. And then at the anniversary dinner, Bao, like, rips him a new one. Oh. You know, right. it just seems like everyone, Johnny's more palatable to everyone. But I'm like, you guys are not in their apartment no. and seeing the crap that Bao has to put up with. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about what the other women think. Like, what... Rachel, really, Brett is like the most sane one, like stable one to me. And I would be very curious what her opinion is. Yeah. Speaking of which, has she been unfiltered once this season? Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. I don't know what. I can't figure out. I feel like they have 80 percent guys. And then on top of that, we get repeats with like a couple of them the most. I feel like the people I've seen the most on there are Zach and Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Let's move on to the couple we like care about the least, Jose and Rachel. Um, We have a semi bombshell here. Yeah. Okay. So we have our Dr. Pepper thing. Dr. Pepper comes into the house. Oh, no. I'm skipping the old. I didn't get anything from that. So I'll let you go. Okay. <laughs> So we go to his house and I found him to be annoying, performative Jose while we were here. Like 
I just, like, the way that he, and I personally, I don't know if I was imagining this, but I just felt like she was not very into his stories. No. She's always kind of waiting for him to finish. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what you do. You always have, like, a big spiel that goes along with anything you have to say. Like, it feels like he prepped for a sermon at all times. He's not captivating in the way no, he, he makes talks. your eyes, because he talks at people. It's like he plans these little speeches about what he thinks about things. And then, like, there's no organic room for anything to change. And I, I well, and in the moment. And there's some people that are good storytellers and some people are just not good storytellers. Mm -hmm. And Jose's just not a good storyteller. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Like, like, I just, I found him annoying while he was talking about it. And then I thought it was funny. So he emphasizes, so they built, his parents built that house and that was a really big deal for them. And very cool, you know? And then he talks about how like we would eat rice and beans every day you know, we were always like, we always didn't have a lot. And so we, that's why we would eat rice and beans. And Rachel's like, um, it's interesting that you talk about eating rice and beans that way. Like it's a poor thing. Cause I, I just think of it as a Hispanic thing. Like we ate rice and beans every day, but I viewed it like that's our culture. That's what we eat. And then she proceeds in her interview to say, I just think it's interesting that Jose thinks he had a hard upbringing when he at least had a house. And I don't think he understands that having a house, period, is a big deal and is a lot. Um, and it's like, I think all of it could be true. You know, yeah. I think that they all can be true. But she kind of makes a good point. It's like, Jose, are you trying to, like, paint us a picture of a thing that maybe is not actually the thing, but it like <laughs> makes you look more sympathizable. And Rachel's calling. Like, I just saw that as like, oh, Rach finds him annoying all the time. And when she can't help herself, she kind of has to like call him out and be like, uh, is that really that? You know? Also, he had lots of mounted animals in that house, which was interesting. Yeah, now, Ryan, it makes sense to have mounted animals, even though I... Well, maybe his dad hunts Jose's. Oh, I was assuming they were Jose's mounted animals. No, that was their house. Mm. I think, <laughs> at full disclosure, I might have been checking the Lakers score during this No, segment. you made a comment about the antlers. Yeah, anyway, I whatever. forgot that it was his. <laughs> Anyways, so then, so we don't even go to hers. We don't get into her childhood. So I don't yeah. know what that means. Um, but then we are with Dr. Pepper. Okay, so I just got to say, Dr. Pepper comes into the house. Yeah. Okay. She walks through. I loved her entrance. She walks through the house and sees all of these handwritten notes on the fridge. Mm -hmm. All things that Jose can improve upon, like. Jose's promises, promises to himself and to her, I guess, but that are just on display in different Crayola marker fonts uh -huh. and things. How long do you think these signs were on the fridge for? Jose strikes me like the type of person <laughs> that wrote this out yeah. 15 minutes before <laughs> okay, and no. stuck them on the fridge. I mean, if I, there's regardless, one thing, he did it for camera. Whether it was a few days ago or yeah. not. Oh, this is totally a camera move. Yeah, oh, it's such a Jose God, thing. Though. Like, 
let me look like a good husband. Yeah. You know, um, I thought it was funny when she's like reading through them, the promises. And she first she says, hmm, Rachel, do you did do you have any promises you've made to Jose? And she's like, hmm, not really. <laughs> and then there's laughter and she's like, oh, interesting. So he's the only one that has things to work on. And she was like, well, he's the only one that basically like, yeah, he's kind of been in the doghouse, you know. Um, and then Dr. Pepper's reading through them. They're all kind of normal. And then she's like, I promise to always check in with my wife morning, moon, morning, noon and night. Hmm, that sounds a little controlling to me, but OK. <laughs> and then everyone laughs. Uh, I was like, yes, Dr. Pepper. So she's definitely on hyper alert with him. Yeah, I think because she sees this tendency of his and knows that it's a lot of times women in relationships like this err on the side of covering for them a lot. So she asks, what are his triggers? She asked Rachel this. Um, Rachel says, making him talk when he's not ready. Um, giving him space is important. And at first I was a little bit like, it's like what we said when we dealt with this a few weeks ago. Like I was like, it's hard because on one hand, I understand the concept of giving space to like process. Everybody's different. And then I also don't like it though, as a justification for if you don't give me space, I will pop off and I will say, horrid things to you and it'll it'll still be your fault because you didn't give me space you know so that's where I'm always sort of like "Eh," with that but then she did bring up that she was formerly afraid of giving space because it would make her feel rejected and I found that actually very insightful and I kind of think that maybe when we were really young I was maybe a little bit like that like, because I'm so the type, like, this when I'm feeling stuff and I need to talk, we need to just talk yeah. and hash it out. And you are not the same as me. Like, you need, you like more processing time. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never been able to put words to that. But maybe my insistence on us talking in that moment when I was younger was coming from some of that place sometimes. Hmm. You know, that yeah. like just an instinctual, immature, like, just feeling rejected, like, oh, no, well, if he needs space and he's upset, then does that mean, you know, he doesn't want to be in the room with me? He doesn't want to be with me? Like, I could, yeah, I don't know. That one, I was like, huh, look at Rachel with these insights. Yeah. Um. He brought up, okay, so we brought up that there, one of his questions was, how do I not be overbearing for my wife? And... <laughs> He brings up that the ways he's worked on this is how, you know, he's just always coming from this place of wanting to like dote and do everything for her from this like place of, yeah, wanting to serve her, but that he didn't understand. It's like, you know, like on the honeymoon, she had to tell me she didn't like to be fed. I was just like, oh, these sentences. And then I remembered how he wanted to brush her teeth and he wanted to feed her. And uh. I was like, oh. Usually, I mean, usually one doesn't have to tell someone they don't want to be fed. I know. I think if you're feeding. That regularly, Then (laughs) if you're feeding or wanting to brush someone's teeth, like, you should already kind of have an idea. 
if that person likes things like that. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's not like um what kind of flowers do you oh I brought home wrong flowers. I have to learn what kind of flowers you like. You know, it's like maybe just don't feed people first. Maybe right. we just hold back on feeding people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like let's just assume that this grown adult doesn't want to be fed. Yeah. <laughs> That's let's a safe assumption. There. Um I thought it was funny when Dr. Pepper's like, yeah, I think Jose forgot that when he's, when he's told us he wanted an independent woman, that he's actually a pretty traditional guy. Because he basically ends up admitting, like, it's it was hard for me at first to, like, accept her independence. Um, and yet I'm learning. I have to say, this is an area where... I low-key am, like, kind of impressed by his at least performance of growth. (laughs) Like, I feel like he really seems to have made an effort to, for something that feels like it was pretty intrinsic to him and his value system, that, like, this is how a marriage works and, like, this is who I'm supposed to be. I feel like pretty quickly... He has tried, I mean, because what we're asking of him is to basically do a 180 of who he presented as at the beginning of the yeah. season. And so I have to say that I'm just a little bit like impressed by how much he appears to be trying. He's do I more, think it's like fully honest to him? No. Sometimes but, you got to fake it to Yeah, I do bit. see that he like is really making an effort to be a more modern man. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's I like, agree. how can you get the modern independent woman if you're going to flip out anytime that she's actually independent? He's open. He's more open than the, than a lot of the other guys, mm-hmm. you know, um, he might be stuck in his ways, but he's wants to talk it through. He's still, you know, he doesn't shut down as mm-hmm. much as the other guys. Yeah. Um, then something interesting. She asks, have you told each other like your deepest, darkest secrets? Which I found such an interesting point of questioning, line of questioning for her, because this has not come up. This was not in their unanswered questions. Yeah. And I just felt like one of two things. Either A, the producers know the secret that's about to come out. I think that's And it. they told her and they want her to push it along. But B, I also felt like it wouldn't be crazy to to make a judgment based on the way they act for the experts that they are still performing a bit, mm. both for the experts but also for each other. I think there's I think there's truth in both of those statements. Yeah, I think it's I think the producers know where she went. Right. They know. Well, and this is the and most- the experts. I think can see through the some of their performances. Because they are the king queens of everything's great, everything's perfect, yeah. we're so great. And it's interesting, after she asked that, of course, it's so Jose to respond for both of them and say, for us, speak as a we. I'm sorry, but that is a question that is not to be answered as an us. Like, it's not. It's for both of you to answer honestly in this moment. And you just basically told Rachel 
what you expect her answer to be. Yeah. So she's absolutely not, after you speak for you both, she is definitely not going to right now in front of Dr. Pepper go, well, actually, I, I do have some more things that I want to tell, but I'm not ready. You know? Yeah. Like, so I just am like, I mean, that's just a lesson for anyone. If you are asked as a duo a question that is really for both of you, do not answer for both. Don't answer as a we when it's this personal, because you're, it's kind of the equivalent of a leading question. Yeah. You're telling your partner what you expect them to say, and then they're sort of left with no option yeah. to not, you know? So that was interesting. It became clear right away that she clearly has not laid all the cards out to him. And then we're freaking out and starting, you know, we're like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, was he actually right that night when he was so fixated on another man, I just was like spinning in my head. Like, was you, you can't tell me Jose was actually right that night about like what his projections were. Um, then we fast forward. She did tell him and they've basically been working for the, through this for like 24 hours, having all these gnarly conversations, staying up super late at night maybe not sleeping in the same bed. It looked like he was on the couch and then she like came out to sit with him again. And so she did, after she was locked out that night, she reached out to an ex and he, so remember we literally, we kept being like, so who did she end up staying with? Yeah, we thought Because it was she a- knocked on every door. Yeah. She called everyone, but it was like two in the morning. And we never got confirmation. So whose couch did you sleep on? And we just assumed, oh, it must have been Brett's or it must have been Blas. Well, the way that they knew, one of the girls knew about the lockout thing. Yeah. So right. that's why we made that assumption. Oh, she must have gone and spent the night over there. Yeah. You know. So come to find she reached out to an ex. A sp- we have to assume after she knocked on all the doors, made all the calls, and no one was answering her. So she called an ex. He came to pick her up. It's very confusing because there's been no talk of cheating. No. There's also been no talk of where she exactly slept. No. This is a, this leaves this. We finish unresolved with yes. that, right? Okay. I wanted to make sure I got I feel that. like there's more we, we need to find out. This is. Uh... It could be a total like. Fake out where, I mean, like, is this an ex that was a good friend in your friend group? What and, did, okay, what is your take yeah, on Yeah, let's this? talk about this. What is your take on this? Look, on paper, it is a crossing a line, obviously. It is like crossing a boundary. I don't think that's appropriate. You're Whether you're married or in a relationship, on its face, it looks very obvious that, like, after, especially in a point of weakness, like after a fight with a partner where you're feeling a bunch of negative feelings towards them, to reach out to someone from your romantic past feels very inappropriate. It does. Um, however, I, I there's just so much I don't know that I need to know. Did you guys have a platonic friendship that, you know, like, was this someone you were with eight years ago and you've been broken up for a super long time and this person's in your friend group and actually it's super not weird and you were in crisis and you stayed on their couch and then you came back the next day. It Bottom line, it obviously looks bad. Uh, 
But I feel like all the buildup was framing it like she fully cheated. And I'm like, did she or did she not? Because I feel like if she did, that would be absolutely a part of this conversation. I don't feel like they would still be talking. I don't think they'd be talking all night. The, I, don't I think, think if he if she did something with him, like kissed him or slept with him, I don't think that they would still be together no. right now. So there's just so much we don't know. I need to know. You know what I mean? There's there is a chance that they did have a normal friendship and and this was an old relationship. You know what I mean? But then of course there's also a chance that she did this from a place of vindictiveness and anger. And Jose that night presented as a very disturbing, verbally abusive man. Remember, he was cussing her out, flipping out for things that made no sense. Remember the whole Johnny thing? Oh, my God. And then and then to be locked out. I mean, because I think that that would have been my goodbye in that exact scenario. Um, with all of the con- red flags I'd seen up until then, if he locked me out, I would just be like, I'm done. So, and I have a feeling maybe, I mean, she clearly did think it was done when it first happened. I um, think it's a little weird for looking back on how the lockout situation went down. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little weird. I would have understood where she was coming from more had... She just been honest at the She time. just said, you know, because she was very much like, now you have to prove it to me that you'll never do this again. And I'm right. like, it's, you kind of had an opportunity to be like, look, this is how I felt because you made me feel like this relationship was over and you locked me out and that is completely unacceptable. So I went to and spent the night in X's house. Nothing happened. We, you know, I slept on the couch, whatever. But I just want to be upfront with you. But... Because I thought this was the end of the conver- uh, end of the relationship. Right. Well, she I, frames it like she does say, "I once we made amends, like I wanted to be sure that I wasn't telling you just to smear it in your face because of how mad I was at you. Yeah. To make you jealous. Overall, though. But now it's unacceptable take, and like my not take cool. on this, regardless of everything that mm-hmm. we know and all the angles. Mm-hmm. I don't, it just doesn't seem like she tried hard enough to find another place to stay. Regardless if they're, if they are a platonic relationship, I'm just putting myself in right, her shoes, like, even if I'm pissed. Had any other option. Okay. You knocked on everyone's door in the place. No one. What answered. about your other friends okay? in the world? You probably have, I'm guessing between three and six people that you could go and spend the night with girlfriends. Okay, Mm -hmm. and before I go, whether I have a platonic relationship or not, the word X is so loaded. I'm 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 spending the money on a hotel room for one night. Mm. I'm just it's just not worth it's just not worth trying to explain where it's just it leaves too many. Yeah questions yeah for it's sure. just not worth it yeah for sure it w- the, it's, it's inappropriate not worth the w- it, 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 it is it's inappropriate ways. like are you kidding me w- you know 150 150 bucks to go sleep in a hotel somewhere for the night i don't know 
That's yeah. my take on it. I don't. I, I think it's inappropriate. It shouldn't have happened. No, for sure. I agree with you. It, regardless if she has the platonic relationship or not with the with that friend. Okay. Okay. I'm just dying to get more details. Yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, there's still so much we don't know. <sighs> yeah, you're right. It was it le- was left unsettled, and we, we don't know where. Um... But I feel like the one thing we do know is there's no way she slept with this person or kissed them. Because they wouldn't have been talking about it. Right. <laughs> I feel like morning. we wouldn't be together anymore. Yeah. Okay. Last. Mirla and Gil. Girla. Girla. Um, first we go through Gil's old neighborhood. I mean, just like so devastating. I can't beyond. believe like, standing that story. Across like hearing this, that, story that story again. That story is insane. It's nuts. Like just how... <sighs> That they, I, I didn't realize that they walked into the house. Yeah, I don't know if we got as much, we don't know if we've ever gotten as much detail as we did. But. Yeah, and walked right past him laying on the couch as yeah. a kid. Oh my God. No, it's so beyond, like, so beyond traumatic. It's um, makes sense, obviously, that he's never shown anyone this and yeah. that he doesn't come here. <laughs> um, So that was really intense and also beautiful that he shared that with her and i mean i just think it's just so interesting to watch how people talking about their upbringings can be so calm like it just feels like it's very grounding for whoever Mm -hmm. is speaking about their life you know Mm -hmm. and i i definitely felt that way about mirla i felt like wow she is so grounded and down to earth when she talks about her past. It's like almost like I feel like I'm getting the most human version of her. The contrast is stark too because you're dealing with a lot of immature couples regardless Mm -hmm. of the age and they are just have a different level of maturity. Well, yeah, they just have a baseline of respect for each other. Yeah. Most of the time. That's a good way of putting it. The one-room casita with the tin roof that she lived in with three other siblings and parents. One, I mean, wow. Like, again, no one would ever guess that this was Mirla's origin story. Um, Well, and then that they start getting into uh, how she, like, lives her life and... He's like, does this justify? And I was screaming to myself, yes, yes it justifies it everything. It definitely justifies why she likes nice things, you, Are you asshole. Kidding me? She I was, was so stuck ups- in a single bedroom with five people for her whole childhood. Under a tin roof. Give her her freaking eye rise, right. dude. Like, yes, and it she does justify was, it all. She was like, now do you understand why I like living in nice places? And he's like, no, I don't understand. I'm like, well, and then he's like, I just you. don't want her to forget where she came from. Uh, oh, give me a I, break. Okay, I was gonna, not. I was going to ask you what you made of that because I put, is this just more self-righteous Gil? Like, where does he actually get off? And yet, maybe there's a little bit of something to be said for it in that you just, I want her to be allowed to, to to like nice things. And I want her to also not be a friggin' twat over stupid shit. You know, it's like, can they both exist? I don't think that her liking nice things makes her inherently not grounded or not um, in touch with her upbringing. 
if anything, it's a direct response to her upbringing, which is what I feel like she's trying to make him understand. And yet the fact that one of the first notes I wrote when watching her talk about her upbringing was that I felt that it was like the most vulnerable I was seeing her and like, like human because she's not doing any of her snotty character role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it does make, you know, I but I still think that he's overboard. I don't, he harps think, on her. I don't think you have to be worried about her forgetting where she came from. Exactly. I don't. You know what? And I she's think it's in, kind of offensive she's to imply. She's in education. She's a leader. I'm sure she's advocating for... Exactly. You know, like, she's not Stop going acting to like she's, like, a CEO in the corporate world and just... You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I just... I, I'm not buying that at no. all. Okay, I need to back it up a little bit because she takes Gil to play volleyball. Oh, yes. Okay. Of course I wanted to skip that because I didn't care, but... I just have... I don't have much to say on it. First of all, shout out to school sports. She talked about how that... Yeah, that was how cool. How that, like, influenced your life. I think that's rad. Um... Playing one-on-one volleyball makes no sense. There's, it's just especially, so hard. especially with people Exhausting. like Gil doesn't know really how to play volleyball. She doesn't like she knows a little bit. She played, but like it's not like she's going she out and hitting the sand pits every weekend. She was. There's too much space to cover. Yeah, people are hitting it into the nets. It looks like the least fun yeah, activity you have to, dive to do. For every diving, bump. it's just. Oh, it really bothers me when people play things the way that they're not intended to be played. Anyway, <laughs> that's my take on it. I'm done. I'll move on now. Okay. So now we meet with Dr. Prepper. And geez, literally classic Gil. Within seconds, we are addressing the negative Nancy of it all. Uh, you know, how that got brought up a few weeks ago. Um, and he, I just thought it was funny because she says, like, He's talking about how her mood will ruin his mood. Mm-hmm. And then she says that she's been really working on it and she's actually stifling herself a lot. <laughs> um, and I feel bad because I feel like Gil is sort of giving her a look like, well, not enough, you know? Yeah. Okay. So then he makes a reference. He's talking about themselves and then he's like talking about them a little disconnected, like people that love each other. And then he goes, People that eventually love each other. And I'm like, huh? And then she's like, he doesn't want to admit that he loves me. And you're like, what's going on here? And like, it's all still cute and like in a jesty jest. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like it's this big, serious, depressing thing. Um, but, and so Dr. Pepper like inquires and is like, what does this mean? And then I'm like, oh, he still can't wrap his head around her whole I've made the choice to love my husband. Oh, yeah. I think that's mainly what this is about. Because he's like, well, she says that. So does that mean that she's in love with me? Like, or that I could be anyone. Like, he can't get around the concept and the semantics. And I, I... I just wish that he would surrender. Yeah. Because I that is her way of saying. Yeah. You know? Um, but then he says he's also prematurely told someone before. He doesn't want to force it and lie. Makes sense. But then he says, I mean, you know, in the car, though, I'm always like, wait, do I love her? I think I do love her. And I'm like, okay, so you're saying that you're pretty sure you love her? 
You're just giving it more time to like be sure. But yeah. you do love her. Um, and then we move into the money convo. And he says, I'm not going to enable as many things. You know, it's not very conducive to a marriage to shop. And he just, his whole thing is, well, sure, you can afford to save 10% of your income and that, for example, and get clothes, which let's remember, she's told us that she only does a big clothing shopping trip like two or three times a year. Okay. So it's not even like she's doing this every weekend. But anyway. I'm so tired of talking about the spending I'm thing. I'm so sick of this. Gil's never going to get me on his side. It's not conducive for a marriage to shop. Like, no. she can afford... So his whole thing, he's just one of those guys. And But I want to challenge him and go, you're one of those guys because you've always had to be. Because you, only, you make a very low salary. And you do live paycheck to paycheck. And couple that with the fact that you don't care that much... And that's great for you. I don't know so, if he lives paycheck. I, I don't think he sends money home. Remember, he sends a good. Well, but money. I think that he he's not like at. Yeah. Well, maybe. But after that, he is. I mean, yeah. he's always making choices around like, what's the most I could squeeze out of this? Yeah. Like he's like my dad it, with the theory of drive the car into the ground until it dies before you spend money on a new car. <laughs> yeah and um, my dad with uh here we're going to the fast food here's we get a free refill on this drink each of you gets a straw yeah yeah um so he's like well that's cool that you could afford both but why would you not want to save the money that you're spending on clothes as well and get to your goal faster and I kind of think she's coming from the spot that I really respect, which is I would like to save and enjoy my life at the same time. If I don't have to live like some Dave Ramsey lifestyle to get to where I want to be, then why would I? Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I just, I don't. I don't like the way that he characterizes this. Me neither. I'm just I, over it. I just think it, yeah. I'm like no, you you're need over to it, accept like her. Like I said. You're not going to get, I just don't, you're not going to win me over. You're not going to win you over. You're not going to win her over, mm -hmm. over to your side for this. You got to let it go. Yeah. Um, I have a hot take for this couple. Okay. I think they have been intimate. I thought we already knew that. They've kissed. No, but we knew other stuff was going on. Remember he made that comment a few weeks ago where he's like, I mean. Oh, I'm I forgot about. Dang it. Like, That's a lukewarm take. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. We haven't After talked about After all of these bombshells, you thought that was a hot take? <sighs> I was trying to be juicy, spicy. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Hot take. They've probably had sex, yes. Um, but I guess I just... So you don't, you don't agree with him at all, right? No. I thought, what, what did you think of how at the end she goes, in my past relationship, he wouldn't tell me no to anything I wanted. Ooh, that was like the last thing she yeah. said in the session that we got to see. <sighs> Gil's going to put his foot down more than whatever past relationship. I just think he he's just got to be... 
I think he's just got to be selective with it. I think he's trying to still change. I think he's trying to change her lifestyle, and he's never going to do that. And so what he needs to do he is... He needs to stop judging her. In certain, like, he's going to put his foot down when he needs to. I just don't think this is going to be that big of a deal. I think I think we're inventing problems with this couple. Okay, overall. well, I want to say something that might you might find a little contro, which is that her and Unfiltered, besides how bothered we were by oh, her yeah, chumminess okay. with Johnny, I felt like she was more forward about w- what she was frustrated with Gil by more than I've ever seen. And that was actually something that I feel like didn't dr pepper bring up like i feel like all of the problems that we ever talk about with you as a couple are problems with you yeah and i just felt like she was a lot more forward and honest and she does say she just feels like they're so different she feels like he's petty when he comes for her with this dumb shit and that ultimately they're just financially in such different places and then ryan actually validates her that he feels like Gil pokes at her a lot. Yeah. And then she goes, it's like that justifies her and like makes her feel good and backed up. And then she's like, yeah, exactly. I could have this whole time been giving him shit for how much less he makes than me for the fact that he doesn't care about nice things, for the fact that he, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I have never, ever shamed him for where he's at financially. So it's honestly kind of not cool that he has done the, the exact opposite of that to me yeah. for being better off. And there was just this part of me that was like looking a little cockeyed at the fact that she was so chummy with Johnny and she just didn't seem very amused and or googly talking about Gil and this part of him. And I don't know if that's just because they're um, uh, in a super solid place now. And maybe like she's even more herself now. And they've like reckoned with some of this behind closed doors. So she's allowed to bring it up. Or is there more, you know, like, are we actually going to be surprised that like she got a little distance from the experiment and was kind of like, wait a second. No, this is not cool. I don't like how you've characterized me. I don't like, like, it's actually not fair that you've given me shit this whole time. Like this is some sort of shortcoming. This is just a part of me. I don't know. She just did not seem very like, I love Gil in this session. And maybe it's just because they just watched this episode and it pissed her off. Yeah. The unfiltered are really hard to read. They are, but it's fun to try and conjecture. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And project on everyone. I literally put in all caps, are her and Johnny dating now? (laughs) I know. I know. I'm I'm really over speculating. Um, But that's just a little thing I noticed. Y'all, if you're not watching Unfiltered, like, things are happening on there. Yeah, big time. And then you can just fast forward, like, when they replay a boring scene, you can just fast forward it, because you're like, I just watched it. Yeah, it's only half an hour. Yeah. Um, Okay, this is the longest episode of the season, just as we predicted. I think it was necessario. We hope that you guys have an amazing Halloween weekend. Can I do my power rankings? Oh, my gosh! Yes, and I even have a lyric. Okay, go. I'm so okay. sorry. Um, I'm <laughs> doing something different, of course, again, with power rankings. Okay. I'm not changing the format. Okay. I'm just breaking my own rules because I was disgusted. Okay. I was disgusted, okay. and I'm at my wit's end, and there was too many bombshells for me to try to keep it cute Rank one it. through five, so this is what I'm doing. Okay. All right? In last, 
I have Bow and Johnny, Brett and Ryan, <laughs> Zach and Michaela. They are in last place. Okay. I don't care what place it is, but it's last place. <laughs> in third place, oh, okay. I have Rachel and Jose. Okay. And in first place, <laughs> I have Girla. Girla! I just, I couldn't, I was not going to rate, I couldn't do one through five. It would be too unfair. It would be, it would be dishonest. Yeah, I have the bottom theater lie. shit shows. Yeah. In last place. Yeah. Maybe a little hope, Rachel and Jose, Oof. and our guaranteed yeses. Well, Gerla. So you think? Gerla. I think. I think. Okay. What's your lyric? Um, I just thought the most, like I felt <laughs> told what I was supposed to think and feel. Um, so right after Ryan says, "I feel better than I have in a long time." Can you feel it all around, deep, deep down? <laughs> Just like, oh my uh, God. I'm dead. Enough. Um, okay, now we're really wrapping up. Yes. <laughs> just just a hair before we reach the two hour mark but yeah hope you guys have an, an amazing halloween weekend hopefully this gives you some fun listening whether you're staying in and or nursing a hangover tomorrow or depressed commuting to work on monday we hope we bring you some joy and um for all of our beverly hills and housers we will be doing another double up next week um to round out the saison but i can't believe this next week is decision day people mm. it is decision day I it is pumped. upon us let's go yeah let's go i'm excited okay we will talk to you soon bye bye, bye.